everyone, Joe here with the Modern Heathen Man. Hope we're meeting you well today. Me and my wife Kelly are here today. Hello. We just got back from our trip, uh, the Heathen Wedding. It was incredible. It was so much fun. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. This week, we're going to start our talking on beginning a kindred and how we do that. Let's start our day, though, by reading our prayer and then going to our um, reading of the Have Mall. So today being Monday, it is Monty's Day. And let's hail Monty today for bringing the moon, bringing the tides, and the wonderful mead, and for helping us keep track of our days. So hail Monty for that. Hail Monty. Gods and goddesses, Easter and Ramier, thank you for the blessings you have given me. Thank you for being with me. I ask you to continue to bless me and be by my side. I ask you to help me to face the decrees of the Lord with privilege, honor, and friends. I ask you to help me to be the best that I can be for my faith, my ancestors, my family, and my kindred. This day, every day, and always, grant me wisdom, honor, strength, and friends to to continue to bring honor to you and my ancestors. Hail the gods. Hail the gods. And today we'll be reading from the Have Mall. Starting at 46 and reading to 48. Yet further of him who thou trustest ill, and whose mind thou dost misdoubt. Thou shalt laugh with him, but withhold thy thought, for gift with like gift should be paid. Young was I once, I walked alone, and bewildered seemed in the way. Then I found me another, and rich I thought me, for man is the joy of man. Most blessed is he who lives free and bold, and nurses never a grief. For the fearful man is dismayed by aught, and the mean one mourns over giving. In these three passages, we see where the Old Father is telling us first that even if people do mean things to us, we should still treat them well, laugh when they laugh, give gifts if it's time to give gifts, and let them basically reap the harvest of how they act themselves without being too bad. The second one at 47, we hear how he traveled alone for a long time, and for him, he was kind of saddened by this. But then he met a friend, and we all delighted in friendship, and he felt new. And the last one, he talks about being happy and being joyous and not living life full of grief. If we take our time to look at the good things that have been given to us and dwell on the good things rather than the bad things, we'll be much better. So great words from the All-Father, great insight into life, and we appreciate for him for that. So hail the All-Father. Hail. So today, as I said, we'll be talking a little bit about the wedding we went to and then talking about starting. Um, so I look forward to sharing with you guys. So we'll be right back and I will talk to him. Hey guys, this is Joe at Modern Heathen Man. How are you all today? Hoping you're having a good and uh, great day. 
Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys about this YouTube channel that I found called Midgard Musings. It's by a man named Jesse, and it is incredible. He has new videos uploaded on the channel every Sunday night, and he has a live Facebook stream every Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, Central Standard Time. Midgard Musings' goal is to help build heathen communities around the world with educational content and laid-back fun manner. He values the historical aspect of this path and uses it to help us grow and develop as heathens in modern times. So if you've been a heathen for a while or just brand new to it, definitely check it out. It's something worthwhile. If you'd like to support Midgard Musings by subscribing to youtube.com forward slash Midgard Musings, following on Facebook and purchasing merchandise from the Teespring and Redbubble stores, Redbubble, say that three times, all of which can be found on the YouTube channel video description. Midgard Musing also offers handmade driftwood rune sets for sale, and the purchase of these items helps support the channel. Just to touch base on that a little bit, I actually own one of those rune sets. They are incredibly nice, good feel, wonderful stuff, good power within them. I'm telling you, worthwhile checking out. So please head on over to Midgard Musings, like and subscribe to the channel, and follow on Facebook and on YouTube at facebook.com slash midgardmusings and youtube.com slash midgardmusings. M-I-D-G-A-R-D-N-U-S-I-N-G-S. We'll find you that Midgard Musings. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Okay, everyone, we are back, and thank you for joining us today. Today's Monday. Um, we had a great weekend. We traveled Friday out to Jacksonville, Florida uh, for a heathen wedding that I did. Um, the actual wedding was on, actually, we traveled Thursday night. Traveled Thursday night. It was a Friday. Friday, yeah. And then went to rehearsal, kind of, and then uh, came back. And then Saturday, we did another rehearsal in the morning, and we did the actual ceremony in the afternoon. It was, it was way hot, man. Let me tell you, it was really hot there. Luckily, Thor showed up, and it was raining and thunder and lightning. It was great. Um, other than that, it was a really good wedding. Um, then we drove back. So this is why I didn't have an episode Sunday. I apologize for everyone, but I was really beat. And I needed some rest, and we actually took that day to just rest and relax and kind of did nothing but slept. And I felt like a lazy bum that day, but I, I needed it back. So. Yeah, we both needed it. It was a very, it was a very long weekend. As much as we enjoyed it, it was pretty draining and tiring uh, parts of it. And there was a little bit of... It was it was kind of funny though because like things just didn't seem like they were going to come together. The couple's car broke down and yeah, just a lot of a lot of crazy things happened on the way. I think Loki was trying to trick him into not getting married or something. Yeah, but the gods favored us. Like Thor, as soon as she started to walk to down the aisle and stuff like that that we had. It started thundering and it was just perfect. Like, yeah, one of the uh, guests even said, I love the sound effects, they were perfect. And yep. we're like, Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> it was really crazy. So the distance was thundering and lightning and didn't actually thunder and lightning where we were, but in the distance it was. And you know, you could really feel the um, the gods there, and you know, they were welcomed along with the ancestors. And it was just a, a really good time. It was a tight knit wedding, which is really even nicer. And uh, just added to the ambiance of the whole thing. The actual ceremony was really cool. It was a definite traditional ceremony where they went to the north, south, east, and west, and made offerings to each of those um, directions, and uh, made offerings to the gods while they were there. And it was a great wedding. I, 
I recorded it for ourselves, for our kindred and stuff, but they asked that I not put it on, so I apologize that they, they just didn't want it on there. So, um, but we can talk about it. It was a nice, it was a really nice thing. So. Yeah, we did a lot of service for for everybody that was involved and stuff too, which I think yeah. actually added to the actual wedding. You know, mm -hmm. running around, helping with errands, helping with rides, helping with yeah. getting things done, and, and I think it actually added to the um, how would you say that the the feeling of the, the wedding, feeling, yeah, the frith yeah. of the wedding, yeah, actually. The of the wedding. Yeah, I would say the frith of the wedding. Yeah. Um, what was really nice was every time they called us and told us that something was going wrong, I'd say, well, you know, I'm still married right at three, because I don't care what happens, you're getting married at three. So they're just like, yeah, we're getting married at three. I'm like, okay. And then it came to, to where uh, his car broke down when he went back to put his uh, his gear on to get married, and I said, well, I guess I'm going to have to pick it up, because it's almost three, and I need you guys to get married at three, so. <laughs> and then yeah, she's like, no, he, he's on his way. I'm like, okay, so I'm, I'm going to be standing up there and marrying you guys whether he's here or not. So <laughs> We did have a lot of fun this weekend as well. We, we had a lot of fun with them and yep. um, got to visit some other relatives that just made the whole weekend great. Yeah, it did. Like so yeah. got to visit pieces of nephews that we don't get to see very often. So. Yep, definitely. So let's start talking a little bit about kindred formation. The first thing I'm going to tell you about kindred formation is you're going to have to learn you. Learn where you want to fit within the kindred. Learn where you want to be within the kindred. If you want to be the guy starting it, what position do you want to have? I mean, you have to be committed to that position, whether it be Goli, Dryden, or whatever, and really search the ancestors and search the gods as to where you fit. Make sure you're ready for this commitment because starting a kindred is not an easy thing. It's not a light thing. It's not a, um, I don't want to say it right. You it's not a thing you should invested yeah. in it. You, you yeah. have to be into it 100%. If you're only at 80, 90, even 95%, and that whole, that whole of you is not committed to starting it, it's not going to go well. Right. You won't just fail for you. You'll fail for you, everybody that joined the kindred, the gods, the ancestors. So you have to look at it in that aspect. Um, I'm not trying to deter you from it. I'm just trying to tell you, make sure you're ready for it. Um, that That's the first real step. I think the other thing is you have to be prepared. If you're going to start your own kindred or looking to start your own kindred, then you're going to have to be the leader in some capacity. For a while, yeah. Be the goalie, be that person, at least for the first, I would say, six months. Yeah. Just trying to, because just getting started, people are going to look to you because this is your baby. This is your idea. This is, right. this is what you want it to do. So you have to be aware that people are going to look to you for guidance more than anybody else. So you have to be prepared to take that on. Right. The other thing I'm going to tell you, I'll be really honest with you right forward, is be ready to take the blame. Anytime anything goes wrong, because you started the kindred, it'll be your fault. <laughs> so just get ready for that. Be ready to, you know, deal with the dealings of a bunch of people. So you have to go with the highs and lows of it because you'll get yep. the praise, but you'll also get the blame. So yep. you really have to roll with the punches, I guess is what you would have to say. Exactly. So with that said, the next step you have to do is try to figure out how you're going to get other people that are into Asatru into when they start a kindred. The biggest thing I had when I started the kindred was everybody was like, oh, well, this is a solitary practice. It's not organized. We don't have a church. We don't have a building. We don't have this. 
this is the way Satra is done. Well, we live in a society, and I keep saying this all the time, that if you're not organized, you're not real. And what I mean by that is this, is that you should have bylaws, if even just to call upon if needed, or to hand over to somebody who says, hey, are you really organized as a religion? Do you have bylaws? So you definitely want some bylaws. You need to find a place to get some. Um, if you need help getting them, let me know. I will send you a copy of ours, and you just change names and everything else. Well, the um, other good thing about having a bylaw is if you do decide to get recognized by the state or as a nonprofit organization, you have that set in motion. Yeah, already, yeah. They can recognize you as something to collect funds and, and you know, be tax deductible and all of that other good mm. stuff. Yeah, and with the bylaws that I have, you can add to and take from. I mean, they're, they're just the standard set of bylaws for a kindred. I should say standard because there is no standard, but really it's it's what every kindred should be using in all honesty. So you can take from it or add to it, whatever you like. Um, we change our bylaws pretty regularly. Pretty regularly. Yeah. Four or five times in the past two years, I would say, that there have been major, major changes. Right. And some of those changes have been things like adding people to the internet policy um, for whether or not they're able to post right away, um, adding background checks to people that are joining the kindred. Um, changing up board members. Yeah, changing up board members for a kindred every once in a while. Um, yeah, just the, the normal stuff. So just, you know, make sure you keep it order. That's all. But finding people to join is going to be your biggest hurdle. So the way we did it was we had a local pagan meetup on Facebook, and we began attending that, and people naturally started straying away to say, well, we're not really pagan, we're actually heathen, and we're satyr. So those people went off on their own little path and started the Kindred, which is um, still running today. Um, from there, I started a Facebook group, and the Kindred just continues to grow. Um but that's your best bet. Now, active members is a totally different thing. I have a um, kindred page for the state, and I have a kindred page for the actual kindred of active members. So I have two separate pages, or two separate groups, actually, for right. that. Um, well, we have one page, one basic page, page, page right. and then we have two separate groups. Yeah, and two separate groups. Um, what that does is it lets me vet through people. Like people that are active in the state group can get moved over to the um, – smaller kindred group and then they become more active in the kindred and they continue on. I mean we have people coming from like Jacksonville, Florida, from Tennessee, from Georgia. Uh -huh. All over the place to uh, join us with our kindred because they don't have something in their area that's active. Right. Um, we are pretty active. Right. We post constantly on our page, on yeah. our groups and things like that. Um, our podcast is one of the things that gets posted on yeah. there so that people can listen to it. Right. So the next the next piece um, with that is after you find these people, you need to find a place to meet, um, a regular place. I mean, whether it be outdoors, whether it be indoors, we start off using people's homes. We tried a couple different places. Mostly we meet outdoors at people's homes, making like a potluck kind of a thing. It works out really well. Um, somebody always supplies, you know, drinks and supplies cups and you know, it just works out for us that way. So it's really nice. Um, but you have to decide what you want to do and how your meetings are going to run. Um, with that said, we'll take a break here for a moment. And when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about um, the actual meetings, the actual rites, the rituals, and everything else, and go from there. So we'll see you guys in a few moments.
Hey, everyone, we're back. Thanks for the break there. I needed to get some water. My throat was getting sore. Anyway, um, so I was talking about meetings. So, you know, you want to have regular meetings. We try to meet once a month, except for in the summer. Summer's kind of hard um, to actually meet at because it's so hot. If you're outside, everybody's really hot and cranky, and most people are on vacation. But other than that, we try to meet once a month as a kindred, no matter what. Um, and we try to have some type of holiday or feast day or some type of honor for your ancestors, or um, Ein Heriar, or something of that nature. So um, your, your best bet is to have the first few meetings that you have without bylaws and see if people are willing to attend. I would say the first four or five is what we did. Um, bloats. We did the first three without, without having any bylaws or anything. Yeah, did three bloats. He was available who's interested in it. it seemed to be a lot of people were interested after the first two people really started telling everybody our third one was really jam-packed people and then it kind of waned off for a little bit um because it was the middle of summer and then it picked back up again toward the fall and everybody was interested again and it kept on going that way over winter like over um, pool and stuff it becomes pretty popular and then i think yeah i think um Salmon people were the biggest ones because we, you know, those are the most popular times for pagans to get together, honestly. Yep. No matter what pagan belief you are, everybody gets together for those. Right. So it's pretty popular then, and then it would have went off again for a little bit. And we watched the cycles go, and, and we just followed them. Now, for the actual meetings, whether it be the Gothi or not, that is actually running the meeting, it's entirely up to um, you. We have some times where me as the go, the I will do the the uh, right ritual. I won't run the actual meeting per se, but the right ritual I'll run. But there'll be times when I actually choose somebody else, like um, let's say uh, Mother's, Mother's Night. Night. Yeah, I let the women of the kindred take that over um, because that's more important for them to do that. They're honoring mothers. Not that I can't honor a mother, but it's more appropriate for a mother to honor a mother. They know more of what they're going through. Uh, we use the Mother's Night as our Yule celebration. Yeah, we use Mother's Night as our Yule celebration. It works out really well. So last year we had a full-on love ceremony, the, um, whole thing going on. And then this past year... Uh, that was our first one, was the big, huge Mother's Night Club yeah. with everybody there and everything, and it was great. Last year, we, we knew we were going to have a smaller gathering of people. Uh, we had gone through some reorganization and stuff like that, and some things happened. Um, so we didn't do a bloat, actually, for the last um, Mother's Night. We did a, a gift exchange. Yeah, gift exchange. And then we do the uh, dumb feast then as well? We did the Salad. Okay, we did dumb feast for salmon. Um, yeah. But Mother's Night, because because our salmon ones this past year was so um, somber and so. Yeah, we wanted to cheer it up a bit. Yeah, we, we cheered it up a bit, but the gifts had to be handmade. Yeah, the gifts had to be handmade. It was really cool. It was really nice. It was really fun. And we fun. did like a cutthroat Christmas yep. or a cutthroat Yule. So like. You pick up a package off the table, and then somebody could steal your package and go up to the table and get one themselves. Yeah. And we went round and round and round this for, I don't know how long, for about an hour. Yeah, it was pretty fun, actually. It was yeah. People knew what, the problem Certain gifts were, yeah. People knew what certain gifts were, so it was really crazy. So there was like a handmade skirt, there was handmade jewelry, yeah. there was a box that had like, um, an herbal sachet and candles and stuff, and then there was a box of candies. Yeah, handmade candies, which I won. It was really good. 
And then what we did was we made handmade candies as well. And yeah. everybody got a gift of handmade candies no matter what. Yeah, so, so we had made enough for everybody in the kindred. Yeah. And then... um. We even got the boys involved because the boys wanted to do something too. Right. And we thought they were going to be more kids to do the gift exchange thing with them. Like we do a separate gift exchange with the kids, and that didn't work out. So their gifts just went in with the adult exchange. Yeah. And the people who got, they made little picture frames that they painted. And they, like, they that was a big hit. Yeah, it was. They made those picture frames. Yeah. And stuff. So they're a really so. big hit. So, with that said, so I mean, your meetings can be any way you want. We do them very informal. We do them very family oriented. We're not a traditional kindred, if you will. Um, our actual rites and rituals are semi-traditional. Um, we came through a place recently where there was huge arguments and discourse on whether or not to really sacrifice animals or not to sacrifice animals. Um, whatever you want to do is up to you. I sacrifice meat because I actually produce meat. It takes me months and months and months to produce meat. And when I sacrifice that, to the gods I pour to the ground. It is something that I'm giving up of me. It's taking my time to create, my time to do this or my time to do that. So it is a true sacrifice if you look at it that way. Well, and it actually becomes a family sacrifice because right. we all help with it. We right. all have our little part in it, whether it's you know just handing equipment back and forth or you know moving the kit, the the, kit, the bottles around. I'm sick heads. Mm -hmm. That was the right word. Carboys. Um, um, moving that stuff around, doing this, that is it. It is a family event for us to make the meet together. It definitely is, yeah. So now we'll talk a little bit about um, well, what's next in the formation of the kindred. The actual board meetings, um, we do them over the internet or over the phone. Um, the board is always in constant contact with each other, so yeah. we talk to each other pretty regularly um, outside of meetings and stuff. So we plan stuff ahead of time and do all that other good stuff. So Four things are as you want them to be. Um, the big thing with Kindred is just finding the like-minded people in your area that are willing to go ahead and start a Kindred and to begin to actually, I want to say organize, but not organize, semi-organize, where you guys get together for bloats and some bolts and everything else. Um, I will add that you do need someone who knows how to do a bloat, who knows how to do a some bolt, who knows how to do the child naming, who knows how to do a wedding, who knows how to do, you know, all the rites and rituals of a Sashru and heathenry. It's not that hard to research to find out how to do these no. things. Um, there are resources for finding basically ready-made rituals that you can customize. To take away from. Yeah, that you can customize for your own use, for right. your own needs. So we do a lot of that. We'll find a ready belt ritual and i hate to say it that way but like yeah. as, a, as a template and we will take away certain things and add certain things that mean something to our kindred right you know, we try and that's that's honestly what you should be doing anyway i mean there should be no set formula of um rites rituals it's not like right. the catholic church or a missile from the catholic church or the um, yeah, the Lutheran Church or even the um, Episcopalian um, book. It's not any of that, you know, the Book of Common Prayer. But it is something that you want to put together of rites and rituals. And it should be somebody who's able to create them or take a template and make new ones. Just like the prayer we give in the morning is a steady prayer. But we want you to take that and make it your own. We want you to change it up and create your own from it, you know, and um, the hail to the God in the morning has got to be different and everything else. Make it your own. Make it for you. Make it for your kindred or the kindred you're forming. 
and people will see more and more of themselves within the kindred and become more and more involved within the kindred. Right. So when we pour our meat in the ground, we say, uh, from the earth, from the gods to the earth to us, from us to the earth to the gods. So it comes to us and goes right back. Right, and it gives that circle. And right, it gives, it gives a, a circle of finality. Right, and it's almost like going into a, a I hate to say this, my Christian service and hearing that amen at the right. end of a prayer or that um, the doxology, I grew up saying the doxology and seeing it every Sunday. So it's kind of that kind of important piece that's in there for everything. Right. Whether we change everything else up, You've got this one piece that ties it all together. One of the big things you're going to have to deal with in uh, forming a kindred is the idea of dues, whether you want dues or not. We chose to make our kindred 100% free. We chose to give it a modern term of universalist because everyone's welcome. It's entirely up to you what you do. I mean, I know kindreds that charge 30 bucks a year to join the kindred. I know kindreds that charge, you know, a hundred dollars a year to join the kindred and to pay for different things. Um, Definitely decide what you want to do. Make it, you know, steadfast right away, and then go from there. Um, if it's a free kit, and all of a sudden you had a twenty dollars a year thing, we're going to say, "Wait, I've been in this kit for twenty years now. It's been free. I'm not going to pay twenty dollars." You know, and you'll lose a lot of people based on they're they're calling you names of money hungry and whatever. What we do is we spread the cost around. If we have anything that costs anything, like uh, if we're going to rent a um, a park or something, you know, we'll say, "Hey, you know." This thing is here. It's going to cost everybody this much to get in at the gate. And they pay at the gate or they pay ahead of time. And we see what we have and go from there. If we're going to run a place that's 100 bucks for the day and there's 10 people coming, everybody pays, pays 10 bucks. That's all there is to it, you know. Um, so. And more than anything, we ask them to help with um, the cost of the food or something. Yeah. Food and drink there. or potluck. Yeah, it's always something like that. Yeah. Um, but. And the less money you have changing hands, the less problems you have. Yeah, I I I want to yeah. so everybody's always worried about the money and where it's going and who's doing what with it. So the less money you have, the less problems you have, because then we're all poor. Nobody's worried about money. So <laughs> that's on a side note. Um, we come back, we'll talk a little bit about... Um, Planning, um, including the children in your in your stuff, and making sure everybody feels welcome. So, uh, I'll see you in a few moments. Joe here from the Modern Heathen Man. How are you guys tonight? I hope I'm meeting you well. Anyway, I wanted to tell you guys, while I'm out traveling, it's not always feasible to carry my whole big altar box with me. So sometimes I like a little something in my pocket. And I found a great place to get that from. That's Odin's Beard Woodworking. Great little place out there. It makes small little pocket altars for you with candles and um, 
gods and everything in them, little sayings and such. Wonderful work that this man does. Carves everything by hand. He has a couple things going on here. He has little pocket altars that I'm talking about for $25. He has small deity poles of five to six inches for $40. Seven to eight inches for $45. Nine to 10 for 50. And 11 to 12 for 60. He has 26 different deities to choose from and more coming every day. Your choices right now are Odin, Thor, Tyr, Loki, Freyr, Balder, Bragi, Hemdall, Njord, Fenrir, Ullr, Vidar, Hermod, Hel, Freya, Ostri, Skadi, Sif, Er, Frigg, Var, Thrud, Idun, Sigun, Ran, and Yord. That's a lot of different gods to choose from. So he can meet anybody's needs. Tell him what you want. You can go ahead and find him at www.odinsbeardwoodworking.com. He also has a Facebook page, and I know he does some stuff live every once in a while that you can actually watch him carve those things. Anyway, give him a good uh, look-see there and see if he has something that you can use. I guarantee his little pocket ultras will come in handy for you. So anyway, thanks, guys. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Hey guys, we're back. Uh, so, with that, all that said, we'll talk a little bit about a few other things. Um, one of the things I want to talk about is always make sure you have somebody that's bringing the horn. Yeah. Whether it's you or somebody else. We, we've had one occasion where we got the, the bloat and I brought the mead and we had no horn. So, yeah, we just used a, a coffee mug. Yeah, we used a coffee mug, but make sure you always know who's bringing the horn. Uh, who's bringing the yeah, then the hammer. So now, now I have this little box of uh, accoutrements that I bring along, which is a hammer, a bowl, a ring, um, two horns, a bell, uh, runes, and what else? And there's one other thing. And a candle, yeah. So everything's in there for us to have a ceremony if we need to, um, just in case, you know. Um, just make sure you know who's bringing what and who's in charge of what. Yeah, a little travel altar, exactly. And there's a little case that. You know, you can use as the altar, actually. Everything will sit right on top of it. Um, so it comes out really nice. Um, I want to try to hit so much. I, I just don't remember what everything I need to hit. So we, we did this, um, the actual rites and rituals. Um, definitely have a calendar available. Um, we have a calendar hanging up of the rites and rituals that we do. So make sure you keep a calendar for your group. Make sure you, you start something that people can access and see when you're meeting. I definitely recommend Facebook groups, uh, whether it be a secret group or what. I recommend that because you're able to put files on there. So in my kindred, our files are all the books you could ever want to learn about Asatru. Um, the Prosetta, the Runes books, our bylaws. The, our bylaws are on there, the Poetic Eddas, some of the um, sagas are on there. So And it's a great free resource. Honestly, yeah. that's one of the best things about Facebook and using it is that it's a free resource. Right. You can post things that, that like things that are going on in the kindred in the next few months. Um, yeah, you can build a calendar and then it'll automatically invite everyone to it. Right. So you, you know? have the you know the invites for all the different things. You have the um the group that you can talk to everybody. You have the group chat that you can talk to right. people and stuff too. So you can also go live and have your actual bloats on their lives yeah. so that people can join in even if they're not there. That's one of the big things that we do. Yeah, that's we, one of the big things. 
yeah, like the actual wedding was live on our on our kindred page. Right. So if you were a member of our kindred, which the people that were getting married were a member of the kindred, and we obviously are the kindred, and they wanted to watch. They they were there whether they were there or not. Right. So it made it nice that everybody could join in as well and see what was going on and was able to join in in the wedding. Um, but you could do that with your bloats as well and your sunbolts and any offerings you do or anything like that. Right. You can go right on there that the whole kinder can join in. Absolutely. Not to mention you have a list of members available. You have contacts for them. Everything's right there at your fingertips. That That's the best part of um, of Facebook for that. And you were going to talk about board meetings as well. Okay, yeah. And your board meetings can go on right there live. You can go um, on the group chat. And do a full-on group chat with everybody and hold the whole board. We meeting. actually have a separate group chat just for the board. Right. And a separate group just for the board. And we also have, this may come up and may not, but we've had some issues with discipline action or, right. or serious issues within our kindred. And we've actually made a tribunal as well. Right. That's a disciplinary so, council. Yeah, so like a case in point is we had a gentleman that joined that when he was 17, he was... Or no, when he was 18, he was dating a 16-year-old girl, um, and the parents did this, did that, and anything, you know, caused some problems. Well, that put him onto a list, but when he joined our kindred, um, of course, in the background check, that came up, and because we're a family-oriented kindred, we could not allow him to join. Um, so we held a tribunal to see what they wanted to do with it, allowed him to, you know, plead his case on there. A lot of few other things, and we didn't totally shun the guy, but he couldn't come to any of the meetings for that because the kids there, because of what it was. And unfortunately, we have to look at how the public sees us. So he stayed our friend, and he still has that connection with Heath and Rena Sontru. However, he's not able to attend the bloats, but he can attend the bloats online. Again, feeling as if he's part of it without being part of it. So. Right. Yeah, and that's not an everyday case. I mean, that's just something different. But, no, that's you know, something that we made, we made a tribunal for things like that because right. we knew it would come up eventually. We knew something would happen eventually where there would need to be a small group of people that were involved in a decision that could affect the whole right. kindred. And without putting, right, without putting the person's you know, information out there for everyone to have and you know, problems arise from that. We kept that to uh, four people. So the the Govi, the Drayton, um, the Shield Maiden, and the um, the, the assistant. Yeah, and the Drayton's assistant and the Rune Master. So that's who was there, and that's the only people that made the decision. So if you keep that small, it helps out because then you know the people in, in those little problems appreciate that as well. So I mean, I'm just saying. Um, what else do I want to talk about? Let's see here. Um, build yourself a library. Definitely build up a library of books that people can access. Um, again, if you do it on Facebook groups, it's available in your um, in your uh, files. I mean, just go to your files, download a Windows copy of you know the, the have them all, Windows copy of the Prozetta, a copy of the um, or not Windows, sorry, PDF copy of each of those and all the books you want for that library within there, and then you have a steady library available at all times for everyone, 24 hours a day, that they can access whatever they'd like to read. And it helps them learn. Um, and YouTube videos. We have the files for YouTube videos and stuff available yeah. um, for people to just learn about. Yep. I think like, if I see too. something cool on YouTube that is teaching something, I'll throw it out. Especially like um, Jackson Crawford. 
Um, so I have stuff I'll throw in there every now and then to learn different things. And uh, the standing joke in our in our kinder is how to say hi and here you are. <laughs> so it was quite a long time until everyone learned how to say hi and here you are. Yes. I know, but still, it's, it's just funny either way. Yeah. So if they're able to access that, like uh, I sent her a thing on, on uh, how to say Ein Hair Yar. So it's just like Ein Hair Yar. Ein Hair Yar. <laughs> it shows it constantly. And they're just like, oh, okay, that's how you say it. Still then. can't so, say it right now. I know, it's funny. But either way, so different things like that. So the benefits of starting a kindred are, you the know, community the community it. aspect of it. You're not alone. You don't feel alone. You don't feel like you're the only person practicing. Um, the other people in your kindred will feel the same way. The more inviting you make it, the more family friendly you make it, the more at home people are, the more comfortable people are. Um, one of the biggest compliments we get is when people come to see our our bloats and learn about them. And they're not always heathen people that come to our bloats. There's quite a few Christian people that have attended our bloats. Or agnostics. Or agnostics, yeah. And they really feel homely there. They, they feel in the sense that they're able to go there and feel welcomed and part of the service. Even though they're not into that, they feel as if they are definitely part of the service and part of what's going on. And it makes them want to come back. Yeah. You know, they, they, they would think it's something much bigger than it is, and it's not. It's just a bunch of people getting together, hailing each other, hailing the gods, and having a good time. Yeah, you want to talk about the children and the kids. Oh, yeah. Too. So whenever you get a chance, you definitely want to include the children in everything you do. Um, as you guys heard earlier, my son blows the horn to let everybody know it's time to start the actual bloat. Uh, my other son, um, just in this wedding, he showed up, and he was able to fill in his Dryton and Howl the Hall. So it was really cool, and we yeah, filmed since that. Yes, yeah, since our was actually married, so yeah, and a Dryden married our shield maiden. Figure that one out. Yeah, but anyway, right. yeah, so it worked out really well. But yeah, he was able to do that. He was able to help with the service, which I'm sure he enjoyed. Um, so definitely include your children in everything you do as much as you get a chance to, even if it's just something as small as you know holding the cap for the mead while you pour it in the into the horn. And then giving it the cap back to cap the mead back up. Because they feel like they're important. And right. they feel, feel like they're part of the, the, the whole thing. But that doesn't mean that they have to sit there and listen to everything or be no. participate in all of it. My nine-year-old, he blows the horn and he listens for a few minutes. And then he disappears. And then he disappears. Yeah. You know, he goes to work, yeah. and he goes whatever. But he's getting the, he's getting the um, interaction. He's getting the whole idea. Okay, this is what we do. You know, and most of the time he actually goes off and um, helps with the, the three-year-old that comes to our blows. Yeah. You know, keeps an eye on him. So his mom can enjoy the blows and yeah. stuff like that. And his dad. So... It's kind of cool in a way that the kids are helping the kids, you know, the older kids are helping the younger kids, and the older kids, the older kids that are like the teenagers are being involved as well. Right. So we've got everything from a from an infant now to a 16-year-old that are the youth of our kindred, and we're teaching them about bloats and subbolts and things like that, but we're not forcing it on them either, and I think that's an important thing too. Yeah, definitely. So just, you know, keep it light, keep it mellow, keep it cool, you know, and really uh, definitely have some bolts. That's usually the first thing that people really enjoy because they get to talk, they get to hold a horn, they get to venerate themselves, they get to talk about, you know, things that they've done, they get to make promises or, you know, boasts about what they've done and how they've done it. So 
That's definitely people a good venerate their ancestors. Yeah, venerate their, their specific ancestor. Yeah. Important to them and important to, you know, it gives them a chance to say, this is who I am. This is, you know, what I'm doing and what I've done. And this is the good things in my life. Exactly. So if you have any questions about starting a kindred or um, having kindred form in your areas, don't hesitate to email me at modernheathenman at gmail.com or log on to my Facebook page, Modern Heathen Man, and uh, post it there. I'll be happy to answer all of those. Um, for now, I'm going to say goodbye and have a good day and hail to you all for listening. So I want to thank you all for taking the time to hear us, and we will talk a little more about um, kindred starting the rest of this week. So we look forward to it. Thanks and have a great day, guys. Hey guys, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I wanted to tell you about this great new place that I found. It's a really safe place for heathens of all walks. Um, it's called the International Satru Foundation. They have their own social network platform called the Roots of Yggdrasil. And the International Satru Foundation is an organization that is dedicated to the preservation, growth, and advancement of Germanic paganism. They build networks, share knowledge, and gather in pursuit of common goals. As an organization, they operate at the kindred level and encourage you to explore and ask questions throughout that time frame. Their vision is easy. It's heathens from every walk of life working together for a common goal, the reveal and continued practice of Germanic paganism for everyone worldwide. The things that they're doing are really exciting. They strive to help you understand heathenry better and the different paths of heathenry and Germanic paganism. They educate the public about the faith, they gather to share knowledge, build reputable resources for learning, and work towards common goals set by the community itself. They're working on starting a whole school program to make very good educated Gothi, and working on a program specifically for our warriors. Everyone is free to walk their paths as he or she wills, but I'm telling you, this is the greatest place to go. It's a safe haven for heathens. If you're tired of all that Facebook banter and getting banned and going to Facebook jail all the time, they have their own social media network where you're safe to talk about heathenry all day long with other heathens. They're really specific on who they let in there, and it's only heathens talking with heathens. That's all there is to it. So go ahead and check it out. Their address is asatru.org with the real spelling with the hashtags above the A and the U. So make sure to go ahead and check them out, and uh, hopefully we'll see you join there, the International Satru Foundation. Thanks, guys.